we're going to keep moving and just continue to talk about the rest of the story um, and just what does this look like going forward um, and continue to just give you principles um, as we move forward in daily life. Yes, and um, the good news is, and it's very good news, that God's divine grace triumphs over our human frailty in the person of Christ. We see divine grace from Genesis to Revelation. And so despite our human frailty, despite our sin, despite all the mistakes that we've made in the past, present, and will make in the future, His divine grace triumphs in the person of Christ. I was uh, working down at Carr Elementary, and I just love that. That is in the 11th poorest zip code in the country. I did not know before I went there that Dallas has the 11th poorest zip code in the country. Did y'all know that? Just, I mean, literally just 10 minutes, 15 minutes from here. And across one of the halls, it said, an oak tree is simply an acorn who has held its ground. Isn't that cool? And so what we want to do is we want to plant those acorns of righteousness and not acorns of sin so that by God's grace at the end of our life, we will be that joyful oak tree who has run the race, fought with endurance, and are ready to meet the Lord. And so we are all in process, but His grace prevails. If you know Christ, and if you have accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, and you know Him personally, His grace travails in our life. Um, So the rest of the story is, we can always resist temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us that. Paul says... That not only is every temptation common to all of mankind, but that God will always give us a way out. So the the bottom line is, is that in Christ we can always resist temptation, but the farther we go, the farther we pursue the path of destruction, the harder it does become to turn back. So we want to be those people who we see wisely when destruction is in our path. And we go the other direction. Number one. The result of this story is God's judgment. We see God's judgment in many ways. He tells Adam he will sweat in his work. He will work by the sweat of his brow. He tells Eve that she will have pain in childbearing. They are cast out of the garden of pleasure. And the Lord puts angels there to guard the entryway into Eden. So we see God's judgment. But y'all, hallelujah, we also see the foretelling of Jesus Christ's coming redemption. He also then prophesies for the first time of the coming Messiah through the virgin birth. Let me read it to you. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust. All the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise 
his heel. I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you are taking, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. That's what her name means, the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. So the Lord, we see the first picture of the sacrificial life of Christ to come. The Lord takes an animal, slays it as an atonement for their sin, and makes clothes out of the skin to give them. So even though we see his judgment, we see the prediction and the prophecy of the coming Messiah Christ, even in Genesis 3. So at the very heart of God is redemption. At the very heart of God is divine grace. And we see it from the very beginning of the Bible. In God's love and mercy, he promises the coming Messiah. And four, the third tree. I love this. I love this. Okay, so in the Garden of Eden, you have two trees. The tree of life, which is Jesus, the life of God. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And those are two trees. Fast forward thousands of years. Jesus Christ will die on a tree made of human hands. So we see the third tree, that tree of life, is given back to us in the person of Christ at the crucifixion. And how wonderful that we're entering into Holy Week. On this Friday, we celebrate Good Friday, the day that Christ will atone for all of our sins, past, present, and future, on the cross. A wooden cross made from a tree at Calvary. So the Lord brings it all full circle. In his love and redemption. Hallelujah. And uh, isn't that fabulous? Okay, so living content. We have got to get to the place when we live contently in who he is and who he has made us to be. So we have to learn to love God and love ourselves. And that's the rest of the story. Yeah, ladies, we, we know that you won't walk out of this room with, you know, the five steps, and here we go, and we're all tying it up in a nice, neat bow. Um, but we know that the more you know the Lord, the more you will fall in love with Him, the more your desires change and transform into into what He desires for you. The more you um, just come into intimate fellowship with Him, the more you believe who He is, the more you believe who you are in Christ, and the more um, that just you are content with who you are in Christ and who He is in, and, and that He is everything. Um, and so we, we just pray that, we know, that you know how much He loves you and that He is enough. That our hope and our prayer for you in this time is not, um, we hope that you've, you've learned some things and we hope you've, you've seen some things, but, but more than anything, we hope that you believe in a deeper way that he loves you and that he is enough and that he cares for you intimately. He created you. He knows the hairs on your head and he 
loves you dearly and cares for you and he has not forgotten you and he um, is not trying to rip you off, but he cares for you deeply. And so that's our prayer for this time mm-hmm. is just that, that you walk away with a greater assurance that that is truth in your life. Yes. Amen. Um, and if you don't know the Lord Jesus personally, and if you've really never experienced trusting him with your life, if you don't trust him with your life, Emily and I would love to meet with you afterwards and pray with you to begin a relationship with the Lord, an authentic relationship with the Lord. Um, and we're going to close now. We're going to play a song over you all. And while we do that, would you all please fill out the evaluation forms we'd love your feedback we'd love to know how you feel like this helped how it could have helped more any future desires that you would have for a training day and um, I'll close this in prayer and then we'll play that Perfect. And, yes. and I realize we have one more slide. Oh. And so um, we did just want to leave you with some resources. Yes. Um, your community group is a wealth of knowledge. And so we do just desire for you to continue this conversation with your community group. There's a book called Counseling Through the Bible that's awesome. And it just talks through different scriptures on specific areas of struggle. And so you can order that on Amazon. And then a couple Bible studies if you're interested in doing with um, girlfriends or different things, um, lies women believe, calm my anxious heart, and breaking free. Um, those are just some awesome studies. I've done all of them, um, and just ways to show you, um, just to uh, bring truth into your world and make you wrestle with truth in a new way. So, yes. No, well, you know, we're dealing with your question because we live in Dallas, Texas. If we were living in Nigeria, let's say, or Uganda, this wouldn't even. She's asking. Where's the balance between living content and believing that God's favor will include physical blessings like wealth, a big house, or obedient, or you could even say obedient children. I mean, you could, you could really broaden the reasons there. Many of God's promises are not necessarily in this life. Hebrews 11 tells us that the heroes of faith who went before us believed God fully. But many of their promises were not received until heaven. In fact, it says Moses, turning away from from the passing pleasures of sin and all that Egypt had to offer, he turned away from that looking to his heavenly reward. So we are not promised physical blessings in this life. Culturally, we have them compared to many other cultures. But it is not a part of of our spiritual blessings necessarily. And that is a true misconcept. God has not promised any of us to be wealthy. God has not promised any of us to have a husband. God has not made... These are empty promises that may or may not come to pass and they don't originate in Scripture. God has promised us the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. He has promised us contentment when we find our satisfaction in Him. But I would say there's a very strong case to be made biblically that we are not necessarily promised physical things in this life that we want. We are promised Him, and He's enough. But that is a true deception, and I think that so many Christians get disillusioned when their dreams of this life don't come to pass because they're viewing Scripture through an American Christianity. I don't know if that... Well, and, and I would say, you know, that's a, that's a lot of what community groups wrestle through. And, yeah. and so 
what do you do? You go back to Scripture and you wrestle through it. And what does Scripture say? Not just these are my circumstances and I'm going to decide based on these circumstances or based on what everyone else is doing. But going back to the truths of Scripture and really asking ourselves these questions. And then um, there's some great talks specifically. Um, our MoneyWise team has done some great talks on just standard of living and um, processing big decisions and those sorts of things um, that might be more specific you know, to helping wrestle through that. But, but money is a big deal in our culture. And so you know, how can we continue to spur each other on and not make each other feel guilty for one decision or another, but how do we go back to Scripture and spur each other on and challenge each other with what the Lord says? Because it doesn't necessarily matter what I say, right? It yeah. matters what the Lord says and what, is, what does the Bible have to say about it. Well, and Jesus talks more about money than he talks about heaven and hell. So it is an issue at the very heart of man. The way we view and handle and steward money is a reflection of how much we know the Lord, how much we're trusting Him. It, it really is. So this is, a, this is a huge issue. Money and all that it can or cannot provide is a huge issue. I mean, like your case or your example of shouldn't God bless me with things, actually in the Bible, a lot of the cases would prove just the opposite. The closer people became to Christ or became to God in the Bible, the more often they were martyred. I mean, think about the Old Testament prophets. Some were sawn in two. Hebrews 11 tells us they were stoned, they were sawn in two. So, the other side of that coin is the closer we become to God, the more sacrifices sometimes he asks us to make for him. So an argument could be made in completely the opposite direction, too. Okay, so we will be around afterwards if you have any other questions. Yes. Um, and I do just you know, want to thank you guys for coming. Thank you for being equipped. And, again, we will be here. But if you have other questions and if I can help as a staff member get you connected in any way, I would love to, love to do that. Um, my email is erudolph, R-U-D-O-L-P-H, I should have put that up there, at watermark.org. Um, so would love to help you get connected in any way or answer any other questions that you have. Um, so let me pray and close our time, and then if you will, just sit and listen to the song and give us your honest feedback. We would love that, too. Father, thank you um, for each one of these precious women in this room. Thank you for creating them uniquely. Thank you for creating them in your image, creating us in your image. Um, Father, I pray that this time has brought you glory. I pray that um, our words have been your words. Lord, I pray that you would take these truths that we have spoke about and just um, continue to build these principles in our heart as we desire to follow hard after you. Lord, I pray that we would grow closer in our relationship with you and desire you more, Lord. Um, I pray today that the way we use the rest of our time would bring you glory. And Lord, um, just thank you for this precious fellowship with these women. And thank you just for the opportunity to be together in this place. We lift all this up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.